Hey, this is Jonathan with LimitlessMindset.com and this video is about overcoming adult ADHD. And I've got four pillars of maintaining memory, motivation, and focus that I'm going to share with you. You may want to check out the article that is below this video. It has links for all of the biohacking tools, books, and studies for the science that I'm going to be talking about. So I had a classic ADHD childhood. Probably like yourself, I had boundless energy that I channeled into serial passion projects. Dinosaurs, aviation, World War II history, designing spaceships, creating amateur action movies, writing science fiction stories, taekwondo, swordsmanship, karate, breakdancing, and even studying Islam for a little while. I was perpetually a starter, yet rarely a finisher. I lacked social calibration. Although I was constantly trying to ingratiate myself with the most elite social circle in whatever environment. I was constantly trying to upgrade my social circle, but I just didn't have what it took to be one of the cool kids. And I frequently found myself an outsider and a loner. I was diagnosed with ADHD around age eight and given Ritalin, and it helped me a lot. Without it, a uh, eight-year-old version of myself could just not focus for more than a couple of minutes on the educational material being presented by my grade school teachers. And in an age when ADHD, back then they just called it ADD, was misdiagnosed a lot, and I think pharmaceutical solutions overdosed, I was a legitimate case. In high school, I switched to Adderall, which seemed to imbue a longer-lasting focus along with a little bit more relaxed and tranquil mind. I wasn't in quite as much of a hurry to impress people, which I think resulted in some more genuine friendships. And my medication really was one of the main factors that I think allowed me to attain a black belt in Taekwondo and actually graduate high school. As a young adult, I was very ambitious and I was really a voracious reader and student of success, yet I had a nearly five-year streak of career failure. I just could not quite cut it as a waiter, a car salesman, a mortgage broker, a banker, or a online Yellow Pages salesperson. And I was always a day late and a dollar short paying my bills. I had a lot of trouble with rent, cell phone bills. I even managed to get into some real legal trouble over some unpaid speeding tickets. And while my social life 
was a whole lot more lively thanks to my side gig as a nightclub promoter. My dating life was pretty inconsistent. I could just not quite hold on to a girlfriend and occasionally I would get my hands on a bottle of Adderall which seemed to improve my performance at work. Yet really crushing personal or career failure and defeat was just always around the corner. I was constantly reading inspirational books and trying to apply what they were saying about business ethics and providing value, but it just never paid off and I was perpetually late to meetings, late to work, late on rent and not hitting sales quotas. And I had built a, uh, a pretty decent social circle via the nightclub promotion. I had a ton of friends on social media, but the connections were really quite shallow. Also, being a nightclub promoter, I was hungover and underslept half the time, which certainly took a toll on my real career in corporate America. I was having fun and learning a lot, but honestly, my prospects for the future were quite bleak and my mediocre personal and career life was a case study of lack of focus, lack of follow through, and my equivocations of standards in every domain of life. Fast forward to today, and at 30 years old, I'm really a totally different person. I'm one of the most disciplined and consistent people that I know. I'm a long-term strategist, not a short-term opportunist. I'm very focused, and I think that I've developed a work ethic that's pretty rare in my generation. My fleeting obsession with passion projects has been replaced with a commitment to processes. And I really think that I've cured my adult ADHD. And there are four pillars, which I will explain now, that I have to thank for this. The first pillar is, surprise, surprise, nootropics. So smart drugs have replaced Ritalin and Adderall as the pharmacological enablers of normality for me. The popular ADHD drugs are demonized quite a bit now, and I realize that their amphetamine-driven mechanisms of action are bad for a lot of people, but the truth is that I never experienced anything negative from them. All they ever did was help me. My subjective experience of nootropics very closely matches that of the popular ADHD drugs. And the beneficial effects are the same. Motivation, focus, imperviousness to distraction, a kick of energy, and a positive mood. I've tried over 70 different smart drugs now, and what I've figured 
out works best is to cycle nootropics, not taking the same thing more than three times a week to avoid building up a tolerance to a particular cognitive enhancer or burning out a particular neurobiological mechanism. The racetams are a pretty good place to start. This is the most proven category of smart drugs. Paracetam, oxyracetam, aniracetam. And there's a particular self-experimentation protocol called the paracetam protocol that I highly recommend for optimizing the dosages of five different synergistic smart drugs for your own biology. I'll link that somewhere on the screen. I also recommend the adaptogens, which are a category of nutraceuticals that come from the natural world and they hack our hormones and our nervous system to help us respond more robustly to the demands of life such as ginseng and rhodiola. Any of the popular nootropic stack products, so Alpha Brain, True Brain, Accelerol, OptiMind, Cabajo, etc., are also pretty good. However, to get an effect from these that matches what you get from Adderall and Ritalin, you're going to need to take them in higher dosages. You're going to need to be doing three, four capsules of these nootropic stacks a day, which will probably end up being a 60, 70 or $80 a month habit. ADHD medication is pretty inexpensive, especially if your insurance helps pay for it. If you want to get your nootropic habit down to the same cost, you'll probably need to order powdered nootropics in a little larger quantities. It's doubtful that your insurance is going to cover nootropics. So really, the only disadvantage to switching to nootropics from ADHD drugs is economic. I really think that nootropics are superior as a promoter of more holistic thought. So you'll hear people say things like, I did some Adderall, got super focused, and then I cleaned my house, got it really immaculate. And I think this is really silly. Why would you waste your enhanced cognitive horsepower on something like cleaning your house? For me, nootropics allow me to be really focused, impervious to distraction, and they allow me to focus my problem-solving energies on important problems. The second pillar is brain training. And I know what you're probably thinking, my brain gets enough training from my challenging job, my intensive studies, or my demanding family life. Why, why do I need to train my brain more? Well, do you think you get the same exercise from walking to work as you do from a CrossFit class? Is a guy who works for a moving company lifting furniture every day, going to be able to compete in a bodybuilding competition with a guy who spends 
hours a week doing sophisticated exercises with kettlebells under the watchful tutelage of a personal trainer. Doubtful. We've all known waiters who were totally out of shape despite spending all day on their feet running from the front of the house to the back of the house carrying armfuls of plates. The brain is like any other part of the body in that if you apply acute exerting demands upon it, it will grow and adapt. And that's exactly what brain training does. I've self-experimented with multiple brain training games, software, and apps, including Lumosity. And there's one that I think is actually worthwhile. It measurably and noticeably increases your working memory capacity after two to three weeks of training. It's called Dual and Back, as it challenges visual-spatial and auditory memory simultaneously. It essentially upgrades the RAM of your conscious mind by forcing you to be ultra-focused on keeping track of visual-spatial and auditory matches. It gets progressively more difficult as you improve, and it really is one of the most mentally challenging things I've habituated. My subjective experience of Dual and Beck has been that it significantly improves my ability to emotionally compartmentalize and stay focused. Before I made a habit of daily Dual and Beck, I didn't realize how much of my internal dialogue of thoughts affected my quality of focus. I'm not saying that I'm Mr. Positivity now, but it's given me a degree of control over negative thought that I really didn't know could exist. From time to time, I will cycle off of nootropics for a month or two, and dual end back training keeps my powers of focus really sharp in these periods. The bad news is that it's really boring. It's not like a fun video game, although it's the only brain training task that's been demonstrated in studies to have transfer effects to the rest of your life. It's like any other strenuous exercise in that it's not exactly fun when you are doing it, but it makes you stronger in the long term. You can actually download a unlimited free demo of the dual end back task for iPhone and Android in the members area of limitlessmindset.com and I really hope you do because it only takes 10 minutes a day and it really will make you a more emotionally resilient and focused version of yourself in about two to three weeks. The third pillar is mindfulness. A daily meditation habit has made a pretty big difference for my adult ADHD. And a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to confuse their preferred flow state activity with meditation. They're gonna say something like, well, for me, going to the gym, or going dancing, or fishing, or making music, or making art, or making love is my meditative activity. I don't need 
meditation. And these things are, are all awesome, but they're really high stimulus activities, whereas meditation is a zero stimulus activity. Meditation is the art of manifesting happiness all on your own. Meditation, more than anything else, teaches you to deal with emotional and physical fidgetiness, which is something that I've dealt with for as long as I can remember. And meditation really empowers stoicism in that it makes you comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's definitely made me less of a wimp. Now, I could not just dive into meditation, thinking about not thinking. My focus muscles were so undeveloped that I found it frustrating, unproductive, and boring. I started with brain training, which is itself a high stimulus activity. The dual and back task, which I mentioned earlier, it takes up 100% of your conscious mind, but it trains you more effectively than anything else I've found to maintain persistent focus on the present moment. From there, I moved on to heart rate variability training with the HeartMath M-Wave 2, which is a piece of biofeedback technology that trains coherence between the heart and nervous system. This biofeedback device has been demonstrated in human studies with police forces to train officers to improve their decision-making while under stress. I highly recommend it if you can afford it. If not, there's a couple of cool HRV smartphone apps, which I include in the Kabaijo protocol, which is a self-experimentation protocol that I developed for determining the individual effect of smart drugs on your system. I recommend you download it and try out HRV measurement because it really is pretty cool and it, it gives you a pretty accurate picture of how your nervous system is handling the stress that you're throwing at it. Finally, I found the Blue Sky Protocol, which gives your mind the foreplay it needs, which I habituated using the Headspace and Coach.me Android apps. So a Lydia Z, who authored a book entitled The Mindfulness Prescription for Adult ADHD, conducted a study with 25 adults and eight adolescents who had ADHD. And she concluded that it is feasible to teach people with ADHD mindfulness. On the surface, it looks like a contradiction, but if you look at it, if you look at the nature of self-regulation, it's not. Recognizing the initial difficulty that those with ADHD face when getting started with mindfulness. My self-tracking produced an interesting insight, which is that 10 minutes of meditation focusing on profound breathing was a positive influence on cognition tantamount to diet 
and whatever smart drugs I had consumed. In my daily brain training, I tracked some different lifestyle factors to see what resulted in me performing at my cognitive best. A lot of the results were kind of what you would expect. Like, my scores were better after a meal than if I were hungry. A meal of vegetables, protein, and healthy fats was better than sweets, bread, or carbs. Nootropics make a difference for four to six hours. The racetams are better than caffeine. And interestingly, I found that following 10 minutes of meditation with brain training produced a spike in my brain training scores that was equal to what I experienced if I was on really hardcore high-end smart drugs like phenylparacetam or Kabaijo. However, this was in a shorter time frame window after I had completed the meditation. So kind of the takeaway is that 10 minutes of meditation focusing on profound breathing will give you 15 to 25 minutes of really peak cognitive performance. The final pillar is entrepreneurship and to an extent travel. So you've probably heard this before that entrepreneurship and world travel are really conducive to the ADHD personality. And I'm not actually sure if this is the case. I think this may be one of those messages that has been kind of co-opted by internet marketers and self-help gurus. I think that actually probably discipline and consistency and ethics are more conducive to entrepreneurship than ADHD is. However, in my case, entrepreneurship was something that probably saved me from having an extremely mediocre career. And in combination with travel, I've been traveling the world doing the digital nomad thing for about three and a half years now. These have given me the simultaneous stimulus of novelty from constantly being in new cultures, being in new cities, trying to learn new languages. This has fed my, my appetite for novelty and it's allowed me to, on the entrepreneurial side of things, to focus my attention in and to, as Bruce Lee would say, hack away at the unessential. And my business, LimitlessMindset.com, that I've worked on for well over four years now, for the first about two and a half years that I worked on it, it made me almost zero money. There was almost zero result. And it really required at least part-time, 15, 20, 25 hours a week of my attention. But thanks to the biohacking stuff that I've mentioned in this video, I was able to maintain focus on something that wasn't really paying off in the 
short term. And this is really quite a contrast from the younger version of myself in my early 20s when my GoDaddy domain inbox was really kind of, my domain dashboard was really kind of like a boulevard of broken dreams. I would log in to my GoDaddy account and I would just see all of these domains that I had registered impulsively for entrepreneurial projects that I wanted to work on and I had put a couple of weeks of pretty focused solid hard work into them and then moved on to the next shiny object and I would get uh, constant emails in my inbox from GoDaddy asking me if I wanted to renew my domains just you know punching that that shame button, um, you know, making me feel bad that I that I didn't have the discipline to follow through on these projects. And working for myself has uh, forced me to take a level of, of personal responsibility that uh, that I, I just was never really able to uh, meet when I was working in organizations when I was working for for larger companies and I don't believe that entrepreneurship is for everyone. I don't even believe that entrepreneurship is for everyone that has ADHD. But for me, it was really something that in combination with the biohacking has enabled me to be a really happy person and to feel like I'm making an impact in the world. So I would I would really encourage you if if you're not an entrepreneur to you know consider if there's a way to integrate that into your into your work life. Consider if there's a way for you to take some entrepreneurial values and apply them in your career if you're already in a in a position with an employer that you are really committed to. And I will say that there was definitely a, my, my consistency as an entrepreneur went way up as I began doing the biohacking stuff. Those two uh, aspects of my lifestyle are really symbiotic. Anyways, I'm Jonathan with LimitlessMindset.com. I hope that you found this video useful. I hope you can identify with uh, some of the challenges that I faced and I really hope that you'll take a little bit of action and try out some of the solutions for adult ADHD that have worked so consistently for me. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button now for more life hacks and biohacks and I look forward to an ongoing conversation with you. An application that does rapid serial presentation of words. So it reads you in between 500 to 1,000 words per minute and it does it